ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. ladies, welcome to the podcast. I hope you are having a great week. Um, I know I've been sharing recently a lot that I have been learning from um, my the Bible study that I attend, a Mother's Heritage Bible study, um, but it the Lord has just used that Bible study so much in my life. If you do not have Titus 2 women in your life to glean truth from and encouragement and point you to Christ, Find some, pray that God will bring them across your path because they are invaluable. And they just, I, I'm so thankful that God has given me some strong Titus II women to invest in my life as a young mom. Um, but when I was at our last meeting, um, one of the ladies was talking about the idea of being a gatekeeper. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. My husband's actually on here with me. Um, he's going to kind of chime in some as we just talk about this idea of being gatekeepers in our homes. So she shared the story that I believe a pastor's wife shared with her that um, this this pastor's wife was just saying how she realized that part of her responsibility within her home to help guard her home, to be a faithful steward of the position that God had given her within her home as a wife and a mom was to be a gatekeeper. And that basically meant to protect her husband and children from the world's influences. Now, she gave the example. This is, you know, kind of I guess probably before email was the big thing. Um, back when mail was huge, she gave the example of the wife, the pastor's wife made it her job every day to go get the mail and sift through the mail. Um, and anything that was trashy, underwear ads, anything like that, um, that she just knew had no place in their home, she was the one to collect the mail, sift through it, and throw away the junk. And that just led her to sharing this idea of being a gatekeeper in the home. And that's what Simeon and I want to talk about um, now. You know, I know there's a process with our kids. You know, when they're little, we have little ones. Um, So we're going to be stronger gatekeepers at this stage. But as they grow hopefully in spiritual maturity, hopefully they accept Christ as their savior and grow in spiritual maturity. But even as they grow in just age and maturity, there comes a transition of, you know, we can't shield them from everything, backing off, letting go. Um, But we just kind of want to talk you through some of the process, some stuff that God is showing us from scripture in just this idea of being a gatekeeper in your home. And I think this is so important in the world that we live in today, Simeon and I have this conversation so much about how it is just, it is not the time to be nominal Christians, to be mediocre, semi-involved parents. That is not the world and the time that God has chosen for us to be dads and moms in. We're in a wicked world. And if, if you don't know this, they... It, I don't know. It is just so clear that the world is doing its utmost best to capture the hearts and the minds of our children. And 
we have to rise up and battle against that and be vigilant and be intentional parents as we protect our children from the influences that are in this world. You know, I found this great quote. I don't know who said it, um, but it said that no parent can childproof the world, but it is a parent's job to worldproof the child. And and that's what we want to talk about. Simeon and I talk a lot about being faithful stewards and so much falls under the idea of stewardship. You know, I, I really think for years we really thought stewardship was only tied to money, um, but God's really been showing us a lot more even just in in recent days, stewardship is so much more than just our finances. Um, stewardship really is anything that God entrusts to us. And so that includes our kids. First uh, Corinthians 4, 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. What is required? What does God require of a steward? That a man be found faithful. And Webster's Dictionary defines faithful as firm in adherence to the truth. So adherence has that idea of adhesive, stuck to the truth. You cannot separate from truth. You are in firm adherence to it. So back to our scripture, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful, that a man be found in that adherence to the truth, that they are stuck to that truth. And when a man is stuck to the to the truth, it is a requirement of stewardship. And we just want to talk about that today as we talk about being faithful stewards of our children, protecting them from this world. It, it is so wicked and it is so, I, I was going to say it is so subtly trying to creep into our homes, but I feel like some of it is subtle and some of it is just in your face. I mean, we just came through June, which I didn't even realize until this year is Pride Month and I mean, that could not have been more, I mean, even down to Skittles, we were at Kroger and the Skittles had just were, I mean, totally had changed the look that they've always had in celebration of gay pride. And it's just, it's so sad that as parents of little ones that we have to think about these things. I, I think this really hit home for Simeon and I probably about a year ago. Um, we were traveling on deputation in hotels a lot. You know, there's not a lot of space in there. It was a Sunday morning. I was trying to get ready. He was trying to get ready. So we just turned on the TV for the kids. Found, honestly, it was this really cute little show about these animals delivering babies to their parents. And, um, you know, we, we hadn't seen it before, but, you know, it looked cute enough. It was obviously um, targeted at very young children. So we're like, okay, we had that playing and I, I don't know if it was me or you or one of us just happened to catch that they delivered a baby to two mommies. Um, and then one of the other animals had this rainbow outfit and started singing a song about how all love is love. And we were like, whoa, wait, what? This is on a little kid's show? And the agenda is out there and it is being pushed. And not just in, in this area of sin, but in so many areas. The world is just trying to cram its philosophies down the throats of our kids. And honestly, the sad thing is we are losing so many of our Christian kids to the world and to worldly philosophies. And we don't have all the answers. I mean, we are in the early stages 
But as we study this idea of being gatekeepers in the home, God is bringing us to truths. And, you know, when, when I think about that idea of being gatekeeper, you know, our pastor has preached a message before um, about the gates that God has given us. So those are the, our five senses. Um, we have hearing, seeing, taste touch and smell. These are the different gates that God has designed our bodies to allow things to enter into our bodies, into our minds, and into our hearts. And um, as as our kids are little, you know, I said earlier, there becomes a process of, you know, letting go and letting them have independence. But especially I'm talking about as our kids are little in these formative years, it is a responsibility. It falls under the jurisdiction of our stewardship to be gatekeepers, to watch what goes in their ear gate and their eye gate and, you know, what what they're involved in, what they see, what they're exposed to. So Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And, you know, that that sentence starts with a command, a verb, keep thy heart. Um, why? Why do we keep our, our heart? Because out of it are the issues of life, and we are to keep it with all diligence. The subject there is understood you. It is talking to you. But, you know, our, our kids are little. They are not saved yet. They don't understand the process of trusting in Christ and allowing him to keep their heart, how they are to keep their heart. Um they, they aren't fully aware of all of that yet. And they don't need to be. They're little. Um, they're learning. They're growing. And they're maturing. So at this stage, it is our responsibility as parents to keep their hearts, to protect their hearts from this world and from all that Satan is trying to do to ensnare them. On that note, um, I think it's appropriate to look at Psalm 123, or excuse me, Psalm 127, uh, verses 3 through 5. Um, there's... A couple of things. One thing I literally just noticed while you were talking, but it says this, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, uh, mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Um, the point, the main point here that I wanted to kind of bring out was that last phrase, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Um, we've been talking a little bit about trying to protect your children, keep some things out of your home, out of your children's lives as much as possible. But at the same time, you have to recognize that they are going to meet with the enemy in the gate at some point, whether you like it or not. And um, would you rather they meet with the enemy in the gate having been shaped and crafted? Um, you know, I haven't I haven't done a lot of research on this, but I've been told that this passage um, in this day and age, obviously they didn't have fiberglass, which is what we make arrows out of now. Um, they would make them out of wood, but they didn't actually just chop down a tree and make a whole bunch of arrows. That's not how they made it because if you, I don't know if you've ever looked at a tree branch, but you to let me know if you ever find one that's perfectly straight. Um, you're not going to find it. They actually would grow them. And so they would plant the saplings in the ground and trees, that main piece of the trunk grows straight up when it first grows. And so later on, it gets twisted and turned. Um, but when it's little, it grows straight up, and they cut them when they're little. So they grow those arrows. And so these are little babies, okay, little baby trees that they craft, that they shape, and that they make into arrows so that they're straight and so that they can be sharpened 
and fastened to an arrowhead or whatever it is. But the point is here, they are as arrows in the hand of a mighty man. And then this phrase in verse four, it says, so are children of the youth. That's not talking about the children's youth because obviously they're young. It's talking about the man's youth. In other words, he's young, so he has young children. They're still in his hand because they're young children. He, he's crafting them. He's working on them. He hasn't fired them. They're still in his hand. They're young. And then it says, Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. You don't speak with the enemies in the gate unless there's battle going on, right? So these are no longer young arrows. These are used, sharpened, and ready for battle arrows. They're ready to go. So in those young years, like, like Brittany said, we're in that young year stage now. We're shaping, we're controlling the environment as much as we can. But I got to be honest with you, we've introduced stuff to our kids that we never thought we'd have to because the world, it, it was better for us to get ahead of yeah, the game. we want to be first. So, you know, in situations like that where she saw that on TV and we turned off the TV and she goes, why did you turn off the TV? Guess what conversation we had to have? Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to shelter them and protect their innocence. But the fact is, I mean, not really our younger two, but our oldest has asked questions I never would have thought that... I would hear at this age just, and even as much as we try to protect her from the world, that show, things slip in. Um, you know, we just went through the election. She heard big people talk. She had some questions. And we just, we try to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. We want to be sensitive. We want to be age appropriate about things. But I also don't ever want to dismiss her questions because, well, first of all, I feel like if, if I get in the pattern of dismissing her questions now, there will come to a point where she will not come to me with those questions anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, I, I want to set up the pattern for, hey, you come to mommy and daddy with anything you want to talk about, and we're going to talk about it. Now, that's meant we've had some awkward conversations. We've had to really stop and think about, okay, how can we say this with the truth that she's looking for, because there's been times where we've given a, you know, surface level answer and she knows, hey, there's something deeper and I want to go there. You know, how how can we have the Holy Spirit's guidance in giving her truth, but yet still protecting that innocence? And that requires just sensitivity and prayer and following the Holy Spirit, but being purposeful. Yes. But those questions do arise. And I, I want us to be the ones to answer that for her. Um, and you know, Simeon mentioned it. We are not naive or sheltered enough to think or even want for the world to never be exposed to our kids. You know, honestly, we believe just as much as we were created to be a mom and dad in 2021, they were created to be kids in 2021, which means they're going to be adults in, you know, a decade, two decades. And who knows what the Lord or the who knows what the world is going to look like then. But God has perfectly chosen for our children to be children. And in the future, if he doesn't return to be adults in these trying times that we are living in. And I don't want them to always be in my safe to nest. Now, today, 
I want them in my safe nest. I want to be that gatekeeper. I want to keep as much evil and sin and and attacks of Satan out as I can. But one day their place will no longer be in my nest. And I want them out there doing battle for the Lord, sharing Christ in a world that is sick with sin. Because that's what God created them for. He did not create them to stay in our nest forever. But to take the long look and say, okay, well, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I want them to be strong warriors out in a battlefield where arrows and and weapons are flying. I need to bring that back and say, okay, now, right now, we are in training for the battle. Now, I don't need to scare them with that or overkill and miss out on the fun and joys of childhood. But as a parent, I need to be intentionally praying, growing in my own walk with the Lord, working to put truth into their hearts, into our home, every moment of every day to prepare them for the battle that they will face because they will face a battle and God has given us this window of opportunity to raise warriors for him. And I don't want to miss that. Yeah. And that same point, this man has a quiver that's full of them. That quiver is a place where an arrow stays straight. It's a place where an arrow stays sharp. As long as the arrow is in that quiver, it's not in combat. It's not getting beat around. The, actually, the whole purpose of a quiver is so that you don't have to carry the arrows around in your hand. Because if it's you're a running, safe place. It's a safe place. If you're running around with the arrows in your hand, they're going to get bent. They're going to get chipped. They're going to get broke. So they put them in the quiver to keep them safe until they're ready for battle. And your home is a quiver. Your home is a place where you're keeping those children safe, but you're keeping those children sharp. You're keeping them exactly where they need to be until it's time for them to go to battle. And one day they have to be shot because what is the purpose of an arrow? Why take all that time to cut down the tree, form the arrow, keep it safe in the quiver if you're never going to use it for its intended purpose? So that's what we're trying to say here. Not that we're trying to, you know, live in a bunker somewhere and pretend that (laughs) there's no evil going on around us. That that's not what we're saying. We're just saying, hey, during this time that God has given us, during this stewardship of having our children in our home, we believe 100% that it is our responsibility to be a gatekeeper. And if we are not, we are failing as parents. I'm just going to say it. We are failing as parents if we are not aware, if we are not vigilant. And you know what? Simeon and I have been made fun of before for stands that we have taken with our kids, movies they can't watch, things they can't do, words that we don't say, different things. And, you know, I I don't know how he feels. Personally, I've had a varying personal feelings in regards to some of those things. You know, embarrassment has been one of them. Questioning, okay, am am I too over the top? You know, it's a movie for kids. Surely it can't be that harmful. But, you know, I, I just have to come back to... Simeon and I were given these kids. We will answer for them. We don't need to apologize, excuse, even explain to anyone else. We have to have a conscious void of offense between us and God. And we have to raise them the way we believe God is leading us to. And, you know, I would rather have kids that grow up as adults and look back one day and 
say we were too sheltered than have kids come and be exposed to all of these things and have fallen into sin. Not saying that sheltering them keeps them from falling into sin, but I would rather I would rather say, hey, maybe we were too tight on things and say, oh, I regret that we were not more of a gatekeeper and a better steward. But you can't and shouldn't be tight with without explaining to the child what it is you're protecting them from. And I, I, I think we've done a good enough job. I hope we've done a good enough job of that, where when we've taken one of our kids and said, hey, we don't do that. Why? And our oldest is really good about asking that question on our own. So she keeps our, us on our toes. But <clears throat> if there's a movie that all their friends are watching and we say, look, we're not going to watch that. We don't just say we don't watch that because we're Christian or we don't watch because I guarantee you there's a Christian out there somewhere who does. That's not the reason. We don't watch that because of. Well, and she's this. asked that question before when I she's been with other kids and I pulled her away and said, hey, we don't like that video game or, you know, and she said, but they love Jesus. Why do they? And, you know, I've just, this is what I've come back to. We, we kind of do one of two things with her. If we need a quicker response or if it is just an area that we don't want to delve deeply into, we just say, Hey, do you think that that brings glory to the Lord? And usually that's a good enough question because whether it's music or a video game or TV, you know, she is starting to understand, okay, this brings glory to the Lord. This doesn't bring glory to the Lord. But sometimes it does take a deeper conversation. We had a conversation after watching Dumbo. I mean, of all things, you know, and and she was, I don't know, it might be a long time since you've seen Dumbo, but there's a scene where there's this like barrel of alcohol and the mouse falls anyways he has this whole like little psychedelic thing and and Eden asked me she's like what was that what what was what did they drink why did he have that weird dream and that's when that was an instance where we had to be like okay holy spirit she's four how do we talk about alcohol to a four-year-old she was four i think she was three at the time she might have been and use discernment with your own kids you know you you have to follow the holy spirit's leading in your jurisdiction that god has given you but for us she was not going to let go of the question of what was alcohol and so we just you know we took her to the bible because God says that his word is for everybody, and that means even a three-year-old. And there's scripture in there that addresses alcohol, so I have to trust, hey, if God put it in there and it's for all people, it's for my three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, and you know, we we did talk about, you know, some of the effects that it has on the body, the negative effects, but we also read from scripture, God says that we are not to drink alcohol. Why? Because it allows something else to control our body and we are to only be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And then we delved into, if we allow something other than the Holy Spirit to control our body and our minds, is that bringing glory to the Lord? Is that obeying his word? Answer was no. Simple as that. Okay. Well, we do not drink alcohol. And you know, it was an eye-opening moment for us. We haven't watched Dumbo since. Um, but, you know, it's just crazy things like that that I, you know, I would have just thought. It's a classic Disney movie. I'm safe letting her watch that. And and here we had to go into this whole conversation. But I just, I, I use that example just really as a wake-up call. Everywhere we look, the world is trying to get in the home. And, and it is our responsibility to protect 
the hearts and minds and and when the world does come in because inevitably it's gonna sneak in in little ways we need to be quick to realize that seize that moment share truth give the truth and then say hey this has no part in our home it does not glorify the lord it is not in obedience to his commands it is going straight out of our home make no apology for that make no excuse for that follow the lord no matter what above all else i think a good comparison um that can be drawn between a biblical character who kept his gate and a biblical character who did not um it, it is found in the story of lot in sodom and gomorrah and <clears throat> we can find it in genesis chapter 18 i'll start in verse number 17 this is where the lord begins to speak um, he speaks to himself in this passage, speaking about whether or not he's going to tell Abraham what's about to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah, knowing that Lot is there. In verse 17, it says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which we which he had spoken of him. And then the Lord continues and eventually tells Abraham what he's about to do, and I don't have to get into all that story, but there's a clear line drawn in this passage between Lot and his family and Abraham and the family God was about to bless him with. Now, I don't have to delve deep into this, but God exists outside of time. He knows all things. He knows what how Abraham is going to raise his children. And so he draws that line in this passage when he says, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Now, let's take that. You've got Abraham and his family, he's commanding his children. That doesn't mean bossing them around. It means giving them the commands. Um, so he's commanding his children in a way that brings justice and judgment or discernment. On the other end, you've got Lot, who has moved his family right smack into the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah on a choice that he made. But not only did he choose to move his family there, he chose to allow Sodom and Gomorrah into his home. And you say, how do you know that? You just have to look at his family. Well, the he world had, captured their hearts. They captured their Sodom hearts. Sodom and yeah. captured their hearts. He and had you know, at least I... one daughter that married a worldly person from that city. He had two daughters who, after they left Sodom and Gomorrah, made major, major sinful decisions with their own father who was drunk. He had his wife who turned into a pillar of salt because she didn't want to leave the city and turned around. So all you have to do is look at the evidence and the aftermath of what happened that the world was in that family's hearts because Lot did not keep the gates. And I don't think Lot, you know, looked at Abraham's land and looked at Sodom, faced with that decision and thought, I'm going to choose Sodom and I'm going to lose my family, but I'm going to choose it anyway. I, I don't think that was in his mind. I don't even think in the early days in Sodom, Lot thought we're going to embrace this culture. We're going to embrace this people, do the things that they do, go the places that they go. 
and I'm going to lose my family. No, I think it was just, I don't know if it was laziness on Lot and his wife's part as parents. I don't know if it was just selfishness in pursuing their own way and having their own good time to the neglect of being the gatekeeper and being vigilant over their home. I I don't know what it was that allowed Satan to start to creep into their home. Um, But something opened the door and I don't even think it swung wide open. I think it was a crack that Satan slipped in and one thing led to another thing and to another thing. And, you know, I have to wonder when the angels came and when Lot was hit with the reality of, hey, I have children that I'm just, I'm not even going to be able to tell that this is coming because they will not believe me. I hope that my wife and my other two daughters, you know, I, I wonder if it went through his mind, how did I get here? How did I go from where I was to where I am, to having to leave everything, to having to even leave some of my children, grab my wife, hope she's with me, grab my daughters, probably dragging them, to have his wife turn around and show, hey, my heart is back in Sodom, turn to a pillar of salt, still leave with his daughters, all the repercussions that came from the world being obviously in their hearts. I I just wonder if he ever stopped and thought, how did we get here? And it really is just giving up ground piece by piece. Well, the New Testament record that speaks of Lot says this of him, that he vexed his righteous soul. The, the, The place and the sin that was around him vexed his righteous soul. In other words, Lot was a believer. And I think we, if we're not careful... We're quick to dismiss Lot as just some worldly guy. But it says of him in the New Testament, not just the Old Testament, in the New Testament, that he was indeed a righteous soul. In other words, we're going to see Lot in heaven someday. So this is not an unbelieving person. This is a Christian person who allowed the wrong things into his home and it destroyed his family. Now, this again, it doesn't mean that your home is going to be some kind of... Um, they step through a mystic portal when they walk in the front door of your house and they're and never exposed to the world. it doesn't mean that you can't have fun. I'm not saying you have to be weird. <laughs> I'm just saying... We have let the world creep in. And... Oh, we are going to read the Bible says you sow to the wind, you are going to reap the whirlwind. And I, I mean, we said it earlier, we, we are young parents. We are far from having our kids raised. I don't know how they're going to turn out, but however they turn out, I want to look back with as little regrets as possible. And how do I do that? That starts now. And even just thinking about law and the story and sin, you know, I, I feel like some sin that is being so championed right now, um, maybe not even to Simeon and I's generation, but our pastor, I mean, he's in his 70s. He talks about how early on when the whole transgender sexual identity stuff started to kind of come out when he was young, 
I mean, it, it was taught in the public schools as perversion and sin was seen as wicked. But even in our generation as parents, but even more so in our children's generation, there is no mental concept of any of this as abomination. It is it is what you do if you just love everybody. If if you want to accept everybody for who they are, even some people say this is how God made me. Terminology that we as believers use that that Satan has really stolen. I mean, I even think back to the whole coming through Pride Month of the rainbow, you know, and I see that and I think they have stolen something that God gave as a promise to his people of his goodness, but also of his justice. But, you know, I, I just I think our kids are going to grow up in a different world where alcohol isn't going to be seen as the drink that causes families to lose loved ones, as the drink that causes fathers to to beat their wives and their children. No, it's it's praised. And, you know, even in Christendom, I use that lightly. You know, it's oh, it's just social drinking. You know, it's okay. We're you know we're in control, or you know, I it just there. There's so many issues out there, but I, I I say all that to say our kids are growing up in a generation where sin is not seen. It's not black and white. It's not hey, sin is ugly and undesirable. It's no if if you want to fit in, if you want to be cool even beyond that, if you want to be somebody who loves everybody and accepts everybody and says, you know, hey, it's okay. You do you. I'll do me. We're all good that they have to embrace this culture. And and that, you know, God's word is as much clear cut as it was thousands of years ago as it is today though culture has changed god has not changed and you know i think of i've heard the illustration before of that measuring stick god's at one end the world is ever increasingly moving further and further and further to the other end and then we christians have our little you know yardstick and we we have that between us and the world and as the world moves we move along with it. You know, as long as we're this distance from the world, we're safe. But friend, what is happening is though we are still this distance from the world, we are getting further and further and further from God, from his word, from his truth, from his commandments. And that is a detriment not only to ourselves, but to our children and to our children's children and really to future generations. That is not leaving them a legacy of a godly heritage. And I, this maybe this is just a call to arms to just rise up as parents and realize there is spiritual battle happening. And if we are to be faithful stewards, if we are going to adhere to the truth, stick to the truth, inseparable from the truth, if God is going to look down at us and say, you were faithful in the stewardship of the children that I entrusted your home for X amount of days, we have got to rise up, get serious, get our heads out of the sand, and and fight. Fight our own fight of faith, but also fight for our children while they are, are in our home. And I know this talks very much really to just families with young children. I'm not even going to attempt to go beyond. You'll have to get advice from somebody that has older children and more wisdom because we haven't been there we just, that is to come. But I, 
I know that God has given us this truth. And really, whatever the ages of your children are, if they are in your home, they are under your jurisdiction. They are under your protection whether they have enough maturity to be on their own to some degree to to go against your leading it is your responsibility and let's just parent in a way that we look back and say i'm gonna have as little regrets as possible i am following god no matter what and i am going to do my part to be a gatekeeper of my home when I was growing up, we used a uh, what Dad called a plumb line. It wasn't a plumb line, but we used a chalk line. We'd work on construction projects, and you get a long string that was in a little ball of chalk or a, a little thing. You pull it out, and then you'd snap it on the ground to give you a perfectly straight line for whatever project we were working on. And the, now they use lasers and stuff. But the point is this: you're always matching your project up with that line. You're not matching. So if we're cutting boards and we're laying boards for a deck they are all laying up against that line. They're not laying up against each other. Because what happens if you lay them up against each other, you can slowly get further and further and further and further and further off from where you need to be. But if you're always laying them up against that plumb line, that chalk line, that laser line, whatever you're using, you may deviate on one board a little bit because you maybe you messed up that one board. But on the next board, you're lining it up with that line again, and it stays right where it's supposed to be all the way down the project. So the the line that we are lining up our homes with is the line, that's the word of God. That's the absolute truth. And the more you deviate from absolute truth, if you're comparing yourself to the world and saying, well, I'm doing, like you said, you've got a yardstick between you and the world. You know, I'm doing this much better than the average Christian, or I'm doing this much better than lost people, they're not the measure. The scripture is the measure, and we all fall short of the scripture, but it's still the measure. And the closer we get to that, the better off we are. Gatekeeping your home is not keeping the world completely out of your home. It's impossible. It's, it's never going to happen. You can't go to Walmart if you're going to do that. What it is, however, is keeping your children as close to absolute truth as you can. And when the world does affect your children, when they see something that perhaps they shouldn't or you wish they wouldn't have seen, you now have not an obstacle. You have an opportunity to take them to the plumb line and say, hey, look, this is the truth and compare the truth with what the world says. You know, and as... As intentional as I hope that we are to pour this truth into our kids, to, as as things arise, draw them back to Scripture, use that as our, as our measuring stick, as our guide. As, as intentional as I hope we are about that, as convinced as I am that right now this gatekeeper is my responsibility, is Simeon's responsibility, as serious as I am about protecting my kids, I am just as serious in the idea that down the road, the Lord tarries his coming. I want them to be in this battle. I want them to be out fighting warriors for Christ. And and that is a hard thing to say because battles have casualties and and intensity and wounds and difficulties. But I know that they were created for such a time as this and I want them to fulfill 
all the potential that God has created them for. And I know that in order to do that, they are going to have to do battle in this world for Christ. And and I want that for them. But in order to get there, in order for them to be strong, in order for there to be as few wounds and casualties as possible, we have to be so serious and laser focused in this stage to prepare them for the battles that they will face so they won't be caught off guard so that, hey, when that battle comes, they say, I know the weapon, I know my commander, and I will obey and I will follow. And as long as my sight is on him, I will be victorious because he is already victorious. And if it if you aren't convinced already, I'm super passionate about this. We are super passionate about this because this is our calling. God has blessed us with three beautiful children, and I'm so thankful for that. And as hard as these days may seem sometimes with, with potty training, with, I just told Simeon today, I feel like all I do is be a referee or, you know, just, just the challenges that the little years bring. The future years are going to bring different but much more intense, difficult challenges. But there is such a beauty. You know, to every season, there is beauty and there is challenge. But the beauty of this season is that we have these little hearts that are moldable, that are pliable, that want to hear what mommy and daddy have to say, that are interested in learning scripture. These minds that soak up scripture so quickly, um, that remember anything and everything we say. And, and I want to seize everything I can out of this moment into investing in my kids so that one day when it's their time to fly, I can be confident. I can smile and and be thankful and really be excited to see that, hey, though they will be stepping out into a wicked world, God has a plan for them. And I have done all that I can to prepare them for that. And I just want to watch them serve their Savior wherever he leads I hope this episode has encouraged you. Honestly, I really hope it's challenged you. Even just talking about this with Simeon, it's challenged me just anew and afresh to think about the magnitude of our responsibility as parents to be wise stewards of our children, to be the gatekeeper, to protect them, but even beyond protecting, to prepare them uh, for the battle that lies ahead and to just always bring them back to that plumb line, the plumb line of scripture, and to just invest as much truth into their hearts as we can. Um, We'll close this episode in prayer and look forward to joining you ladies next week. Father, I thank you so much that you give us your truth, that you outline everything that we would ever need. Any questions that we have, Lord, you give us scripture that we can come to, Lord, and, and find guidance, find your wisdom. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us as we parent in difficult days, Lord, as it's just growing darker and darker. I pray that you will help us to shine brighter as lights. I pray that you will help us to be intentional parents. I pray that you will help us as we teach our children, as we raise our children, Lord. Help us to raise them for you. Help us to protect when we need to protect. Help us to prepare them. And when it comes time for us to let them go, Lord, help us do it with confidence, knowing that you see all, you know all, you will take care of them, and that they have a purpose to fulfill, Lord. And I just pray that you will just keep us on our knees as we pray 
for our children as, as they follow you. And Lord, as we pray that they will find all that you have for them in their lives and fulfill their purpose, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.